Hi listeners, you are about to listen to the boys' last episode on ethics. They're doing two separate recap episodes for this season, one of them specifically on ethics. So, after you've finished listening to this episode, send a question for the Q&A section of the recap, or send any comments or suggestions about the ethics episodes. You can present an ethical dilemma for them to argue over, or ask them anything related to ethics. They'd love to hear from you, so any question that is answered in the recaps will get you an entry in the draw to win a limited edition Brad is a Bad Person mug. Message on Facebook, email bradisabadperson at gmail.com, or do it anonymously through the blog by clicking the contact link. You can even record a question and they'll play the audio. All relevant links are posted in the description. On with the show! I always think about how upset he must have been. Like, he went to the fucking moon. He wasn't allowed to get out and walk around. <laughs> that is so disappointing. Mm, that's it's that's just it was so close. If I'm going to Disneyland and see him in the Do you Jack Ruby a patriot, or was he a vigilante idiot who involved in conspiracy theorists? So, Morgan, I was wondering today, roughly, like, estimate, how many eggs do you eat a week? Um, probably 30. That's way too many. <laughs> Welcome to Brad is a Bad Person. My name is Lachlan. I am joined, as always, <laughs> by my esteemed colleagues, Bradley and Morgan. <laughs> how are we tonight, gentlemen? Uh, I'm oh, fine, good. thanks. Thanks for setting me That's up good. like that. That's fun. That's good. Brad? Oh, Are you well? Oh, Are you in uh, good spirits? I'm in good spirits now that I know that the, the Morgan's egg-eating uh, tendencies are going to be public knowledge. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Egg- Excellent. Yeah, it is a bit excessive, <laughs> but... That wasn't even on purpose. Yeah, delicious. Uh, we're doing well. Uh, so, tonight we're talking about freedom and moral development. Uh, Morgs, take it away. Um, <laughs> we got into politics in the, a bit in the previous episode, talking about uh, global ethics, and I think it's fair to say that uh, everybody, except for communists, of course, of course uh, values freedom to a large extent. Personally, I'm a libertarian, so I'm all about freedom and personal responsibility, and I think you guys are pretty much in the same boat. So I thought tonight we could mm-hmm. uh, test ourselves and ask some tough questions about the ethical conundrums that arise from maximizing freedom and personal choice. So let's try to actually challenge ourselves with some uh, tough questions. I like it. Here's a couple okay. of tough questions for you, Lachlan. Do you have a, a beer that you would like to review tonight? I do, in fact. Yeah? <laughs> It's a uh, so tonight I have Big Head No Carb Lager from no, the Burley Brewing Company. No carb. Right. Complete zero, absolutely zilt. of carbohydrates. It's yeah, also no sugar impressive. and no preservatives. Well, when and you're on uh, a low-carb diet, you eat a lot of eggs. So this sounds like a good <laughs> beer for me. Would go uh, well with a couple of hard-boiled eggs, I reckon. Um, <laughs> Lachlan, what country? You're a fucking animal. <laughs> I'm a chicken, Mark. <laughs> um, what country is it from, uh, uh This is actually an Australian beer. Oh, excellent. From, what, uh, do you know the Burley state? in Queensland. Oh, Queensland. Yeah, excellent. and according mm. to the label, it's a clean, laid-back lager. Oh, so mm. the style is a lager? It is, yes. Uh, what percentage alcohol are we talking here? It is 4.2% alcohol, making this particular bottle 1.1 standard drinks. All right, excellent. So, uh, yeah, crack it open. Tell us what you think. All right, let's do it. Oh, clean crack. 
It's a nice sound. I'm watching him on webcam. He's drinking, having a swish. It's not bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is this, this going to be every week? That was uh, cracking open a cold one with the boys, with Lachlan. So thanks for doing that, Lachlan. Uh, we're going to start tonight by talking about what could be called the illusion of choice, where a person makes a decision which may appear like a free choice, but really there was no reasonable alternative. So, we love our thought experiments here, so let's start with one, and uh, it's called the Lecherous Millionaire. That's a great adjective, lecherous. Um, Not, it was doesn't get used enough. The Lecherous Millionaire. It was created by uh, Joel Feinberg, who presented it in his book, The Moral Limits of Criminal Law, Volume 3, Harm to Self. So, he says, and I'm paraphrasing here. Bestseller, I'm guessing. Or What's that? Bestseller, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm paraphrasing this here. Uh, he says, uh, a single mother with a very ill child meets a millionaire who offers to pay for her child's medical care on the condition that she has a sexual relationship with him. So, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of stuff we can talk about with this. So, question number one, Brad, is it moral? Is it morally acceptable for the man to make this offer? It's a... Uh, um... I would say no. Okay, <laughs> luckily. It took you a long time to come to that answer, Brad. Uh, no, it's not morally acceptable for the man to make the offer. Okay, so what's 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 your issue with it, Bradley? What's my issue? I, I don't I don't particularly have an issue with it. I mean, it's it's almost a straight business exchange. It's just yeah. makes me feel dirty. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I would say, yes, it's it's uh, immoral, but uh, that's, that's usually how I guide myself. Right, okay, well, I've got, uh, I've got a bunch more questions here, so we might as well get on with it. Do you, mm. Would you think it is immoral for the woman to accept the offer? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think you'll go to a great extent for your children. I don't think doing anything for your children is necessarily immoral. There are some things you shouldn't do, but it's it's great self-sacrifice, I guess. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's immoral. So, he's he's a jerk for making the offer, but if she accepts yeah. it, there's, she shouldn't have any um, guilt or, you know, any, yeah, exactly, anything yeah. weighing on her conscience there, because she's like, mm-hmm. hey, i got to do what I do to save my kid. She's, yeah, exactly. she's going to spend enough time laying awake at night thinking about the fact that she had this old wrinkly dude like humping her you know she doesn't need to be laying awake thinking about whether she made the right decision or not just going to pound down with his wrinkly old oh, God. <laughs> hey i didn't i didn't describe the guy it's just, all we know about yeah. him is that he's a millionaire he could look like tom cruise uh, that, that would know. actually the be the lecherous, lecherous billionaire. Just, leads me to think he's old and creepy <laughs> it could be suave it's like a very 50 descriptive of word that guy yeah, what's his name you're not really talking about a casanova as being uh lecherous do you that's more <laughs> no, like that's right dirty old man who flashed someone in the park he's a lecherous <laughs> fellow <laughs> all right like let's you know say you, you don't have ones. any issue with the woman accepting the offer you have an issue with the man accepting of making the offer would you correct say? yes okay so I'm, I'm gonna agree with you on uh both counts so let's get this gets a little more Interesting. So, Bradley, could mm-hmm. you say that the woman makes a free choice when she responds to this offer? I think you're uh, setting me up again, classic Morse, but... Uh, <laughs> Not yet. Yes, she, she could always say no, but at the same time, there's no way that it's feasible for her to turn down the sexual advances in regards... To, I mean, at the cost of her child's health. So, yes, it's the, the illusion of free choice, like you said. Yeah, good. So, like, she... Mm. Obviously, she can say no. It's a possibility. She can 
it's a, you know, it's, a, it's an option. And she'll be kept up awake at night thinking about how her kid died because she didn't want to bang some old dude. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Or lecherous dude. So. I, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with Brad there. And I've got to say, it's not often... We're like five minutes in and we haven't disagreed yet, which is crazy. <laughs> we're all... Um, we're all uh, yeah, we're all on the same uh, page here. So on this, the same this, wavelength. This is where it gets interesting and gets a little bit trickier. So, Bradley... Is there yeah. a difference if the woman is the one who comes up with this idea and she makes the offer to the man? How do you feel about that? Mm. So he's just going about uh, his day being a millionaire as he is. I think it sort of uh, absolves him of any immoral uh, tendencies because he didn't put the 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 idea out there. It doesn't make it still make because I still see it as like a straight business transaction. They're both getting something, so. <laughs> Um, but it makes it less creepy if he was, you know, just at a bar or something and he meets this girl. She's like, I'm having a hard time. My kid's dying. And he's like, oh, look at that. I'm a, I'm a millionaire. And she's like, oh, okay. And then later on, she's like, hey, I'll bang you if you pay for my kid's stuff. And he's like, well, I did want to bang you. <laughs> you know, it, it, I think it's, a, it, yeah, it's not, it's not immoral. It's just, it, it's a business transaction. Well, then. I think in this, she's really putting the... the- <clears throat> She's really putting yeah. the man in a bind here because he's a yeah. he's a millionaire. He can afford to pay for it, and she's saying, "I'll bang you if you uh, <laughs> if you pay for it." And then, what's his yeah. option? It's like either bang some lady and pay a lot of money for it, or let her kid die. Like <laughs> he's going to seem like yeah, a jerk like, if he doesn't. That's so, like good. the power dynamic is completely like shifted. Well, I mean, yeah. e- either way, he's going to come off looking bad because either he <laughs> he slept with a doesn't woman, doesn't want to save a kid for yeah. like whatever a <laughs> hundred grand. Or whatever it costs. He either slept with he's a woman definitely... for that much money, or he let a kid die when he knew that he could save it. He's definitely overpaying for the prostitute. Well, you don't know. Listen. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she might be that good. Oh, man. You know, Desperation but, makes but, up for a lot. No, in, in, in um, Joel Feinberg's thought experiment, he actually... He says that, you know, the woman will become a concubine and it'll be a ongoing sexual relationship. So it's not like a indecent proposal bang in, you know, that movie. Like Yeah. Which I'm not time uh, is not part of Morgan's movie review tonight. I I could have done it and probably should have <laughs> in hindsight, but uh, I just really didn't want to watch that movie, so I haven't done it. So I'm bringing it up now. Um yeah, in Seems fair. Indecent Proposal, there's a, um, whatever his name, Robert Redford, is it? There's an Indecent Proposal. Well, he offers Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore $1 million if he can bang Demi Moore. Just once. And they agree to it. I'd pay that to bag Demi Moore. You don't have a million dollars. Uh, she doesn't know that. Oh, <laughs> 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 How long do you wait till like after to tell you her? Never that you never heard of writing a, a check that's going to bounce, <laughs> <laughs> just like you. Uh, um, do you reckon you like you yell it out as you finish? Like, <laughs> I don't have a million dollars, and she's just left there, and you're like, "See, ya. can't take it back." Woody Harrelson standing in the corner, he's like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. Um, Okay, so Lachlan, what do you think about this? Do you think, um, yeah, what do you think about the woman making I, the offer to the man? I, I came into this thinking that if the woman made the offer, it's fine for both parties, but um, now you've pointed out that the guy doesn't really have a choice. Mm, so the illusion of choice has been flipped mm, back on him. Exactly. I, I hadn't mm. thought of it as the fact that if he says no, he's been a real jerk, but if he says yes, he's mm. also 
not being a jerk, but like he's forced into saying yes. Well, the, I feel like the only way he can come out of it looking good is saying, "Yeah, I'll pay, but I won't bang you." Yes, and then and then it's just basically like being mugged or robbed. Yeah, it's just been sucked <laughs> he's being in. he's being guilted into doing it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she's definitely using the the child as a as leverage in that sort of conversation. I mean, I don't think publicly he, he's going to be shamed, but he might feel guilty afterwards. It's not so much that he'll look bad because she's not going to go around talking to him saying this guy wouldn't bang me and well, she um, might. pay for my kids' medical. But well, she did. She, she might use that as leverage to try and get him to pay or um, pity to get someone else to pay. Yeah, Ooh. but I just. I think it'd be more it'd weigh on his conscience like she came to him you know the kids obviously in you know, dire need of medical attention or something maybe it's not so much about looking bad as feeling bad I don't know yeah okay so no, question number five um, do you guys think the government should intervene and stop this transaction from taking place after all these are two consenting adults that come up with no. a um, contract together should the government stop that contract from no absolutely not we're in no. agreement again, Lovely. The government Minimal has government. no place interfering in private contracts. Even uh, of that sort of nature where we're saying that yep. it's... You can say that the person is not really making a free choice, as we were yes. saying. All right, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm with Lockheed, minimal government. I don't think the government should interfere in that, that kind of yeah, personal contract. Well, that gets us... That, business transaction. That segues nicely into question six, because question six is how far can you go with this sort of thing? So, I think all three of us would agree that prostitution should be legal. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. So, like, well, that's just a, a transaction between two consenting adults, one consenting Correct. for, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that she's going to get money out of it, but... Um, he or she? <laughs> we'll do with yeah, that. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. It's legal now. Um, so, yeah. How far can you go with this? What What if a man, like a, a, a boss, is running a company and he says, "I'm only going to hire women if they sleep with me first You know, like, should he be allowed to conduct his business in that way? Because you know, after all, he's a private individual, and assuming the women can safely say no like do we really want to live in a society where people in positions of power can act like harvey weinstein in this way the only way to get ahead is to use your body what do you guys think get ahead is to give her i think that yes anyone should be able to run their own private company like that however in a <laughs> in an ideal society, um, that person wouldn't have a monopoly on that industry, and anyone else could come along and create a competitor and say, "Hey, I only hire people who don't sleep with me." <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone who didn't want to work for Weinstein would flock to this other dude. Well, I I agree with you in a way there because I think if if you're running your business model as I'm going to hire people who sleep with me, then you're not hiring with merit as your number one correct you're not going to mm-hmm. hire the best and brightest yeah you're not going to do the best and brightest and you're not going to get as many people working with you. yeah so i think in that way your business is going to become corrupt and you're not going to succeed in the long run but hey there could be a stretch of a few years where this guy's just you know banging a bunch of girls that you know um they think and that's you know what? Anyway. good for him for recognizing a gap in the market that he could exploit. <laughs> that's what capitalism is all about yeah a gap eh <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. There was a demand for him to get mad pussy, <laughs> and he found the supply. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you don't have an issue with it, you just think it's a bad business practice. Yes. 
It's bad for business. It's it's yeah. immoral, and it is a bad way to run a business, but I do not think it should be illegal. Mm. Brad? No, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. Uh, it's an imperfect system, but if you're going to run it that way, you have to apply to all scenarios, and I think the market will correct itself. That You would have a terrible reputation, you won't be able to hire, uh, the business isn't going to grow, it's going to stagnate, and there will be competitors who are not forcing people to have sex with them to hire. So it, it will correct itself. I mean, yeah. it's horrible, but you actually don't have to sleep with him. You don't have to work there. Well, it's. Yeah. I think the only the I'm only time then that, that that's not going to hold is when the person is like the gatekeeper to an entire industry. So you could say, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know too much of the details about what Harvey Weinstein did, but I assume when he was talking to these women, he said, like, if you don't, I'm going to get you blacklisted from everywhere. You're never going to work. You'll never in work in this town again. Yeah, exactly. Hollywood is about the only place that that would work, though, because it's just a cesspit of morals. That's, that's the thing. Everyone there yeah. has the same sort of attitude disgusting immoral point of view yeah. on life <laughs> it's the only that seriously it's the only place that that would work try try think of any other industry where that would work like no one else has a monopoly over the industry like that maybe like prostitution pimps could only no, hire prostitutes who bang him that's probably banging, a good practice actually or you just go into business with yourself though like you literally just walk to the nearest street corner nah you need a pimp there. to protect you yeah come on brad you're gonna go out there on the streets all by yourself or what? yeah absolutely it's called a firearm <laughs> You're gonna get killed, motherfucker. Brad, when your yeah, job okay, sure, when your job is to get completely naked, you know, where are you gonna where are you gonna <laughs> hide the firearm? You can't be strapped. Where's the pimp gonna be? He's not sitting in the corner with a gun pointed at the John, is he? No, no, it's just the the um the <laughs> knowing threat. that he is there prevents yeah, it from happening good. in the first place. Nah, nah. Brad, you're gonna read more on uh <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not an expert at pimping. <laughs> well you should well you should pimping ain't easy, Brad. <laughs> um You're a fucking idiot. Okay, so... Unless the pimp's sitting there with a gun in the corner of the room, he's not going to prevent anything. Uh, let's agree to disagree on that. <laughs> um, Alright, so... Uh, I was going to say, would this change at all... Well, you guys have already said that you're okay with it, but uh, <laughs> if you weren't, would it change at all if it was a female boss and she was saying to male applicants, you know, you have to bang me? Or if it was no. a... No, it doesn't. It's applied equally to everyone. Don't I'm you feel, egalitarian. Don't you feel people would be less sympathetic to the guys? That, uh... Oh, absolutely. Oh, people would be less sympathetic, yeah. but it's... I'm just it's, saying it doesn't matter to us. Yeah, yeah. from a legal viewpoint. Wouldn't bother thing. you guys? It's 2018, Morgs. We have equal rights. <laughs> Well, I'm saying that I, I'm with you. The the public would be considerably less empathetic to a woman forcing men to have sex with her. It's like when I mean, you see men, it's like but, when you see a, a story in the news about a female teacher sleeping with a male student. Like <laughs> no one's disgusted yes. with the teacher. Nice, <laughs> exactly. It's like that South Park episode. Yeah, nice. It's like no one really feels too bad mm. for the uh, the male. That's right. Uh, half of that equation. Yeah, but when it, when the roles are reversed, everyone's like, "Oh my god, this sick pedophile teacher slept with a female student." <laughs> this this banging female student. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, well, my my final thoughts on this topic before we move on is that I think um, the, the fact that we're talking about this and the fact that, you know, this whole, this whole thing's going on in Hollywood at the moment that we're talking about, it kind of exposes the lie of saying that sex can be purely transactional and that it doesn't have to be an emotional thing between people because, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about this if Harvey Weinstein was like, 
making girls sing karaoke with him or something like that. If, like, everyone was like, oh, the only way you can get into Hollywood is, you know, if you go to a karaoke bar with Harvey Weinstein, you have to sing with him. So it's like, we know that there is a, a lot of emotion attached to sex and the people that say oh, you know, you can just have sex with somebody and it's totally, you know, without emotions and without connections and it's just, you use each other and it's totally fine. Like, the free sex, open sex, it just, there's, I don't think anyone actually believes in that and people that try to convince themselves of it, it's, they're not. Do um, you think all these women would have come out as, uh, you know, hashtag Me Too victims if Harvey Weinstein didn't look like Harvey Weinstein? Like, if he looked like Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah, if he looked like Tom Cruise or like... I don't know, Ryan Reynolds or something, some really attractive dude. Oh, if he Do you think like, they'd be upset about it? If he looked like Tom Cruise, I'd start, you know, <laughs> going for roles in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if he looked like Tom Cruise, he wouldn't have to sexually predator them into an office and bang him on a couch for a role. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just saying, he'd just be drowning in puss. But do, you, do you guys agree with me that um, they're, you know, the, the idea of free and open sex that is, is non-committal and there's no emotions attached and, you know, no strings attached, it's it's basically a lie. You can't have that. Um, I disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree as well, but I would say that it, the rule is that you pretty much can't have, un, you know, unattached sex. But I think there are exceptions to the rule, but it's like small number of people. You think like prostitutes have fallen in love with their customers? No, I think that it has an emotional effect on them, though. Nah. Like, you ever seen a straight-laced, fucking not-retarded uh, yeah. prostitute? <laughs> like, as far as, like, emo- like emotionally retarded. That's a good not- point. Like I think, stunted. I think you used the wrong word there. Maybe damaged would be a better No, word. retarded just means held back. Broken. Like an emotionally retarded. Oh, you're using it in the medical sense again. Yeah. It's the yeah. first time Brad's ever used retarded in the correct <laughs> sense in his life. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, it might have been. But uh, you know what I mean, though? Like, they're, they're your average person, so the rule being that sex comes with emotions and all the like mental and physical um uh, attachments that that it comes with that is a rule there are exceptions to the case like i don't know probably sociopaths or something like that i don't know um but for your general average joe you can't have sex without like emotionless sex there is always some sort of um you know toll or you know emotional benefit or yeah that's what i mean like lachlan i'm not saying it's a universal thing like everybody but i'm saying if you have a society like an entire country or if it's like an, an entire industry like Hollywood, for example, or something like that. If you have a society or an industry predicated on the idea that you can have this kind of sex, then there's going to be a lot of problems involved from that. Like you can't yep. have a purely transactional thing. It could work for 15 or 20% of the population. I don't know the numbers, but it's not going to work mm. for a lot of people and it's going to really uh, damage a lot of people emotionally. So it's... Mm. Yeah, okay. A, okay, I agree. Yeah, I just like... Anything else you wouldn't really um, think about in this way. Like, if if the the gatekeeper to getting into Hollywood was you had to play video games with somebody, or you had to go out singing karaoke, you had to do tequila shots, it's not a problem. But when it's sex, it's like, mm. there's something dark and kind of gross about that, that everybody recognizes. Like, no, that's an emotional... Yeah, you're letting someone... Exactly, that's an emotional private it. thing between individuals and it's supposed to be emotional and private and it's supposed to be special it's not supposed to be something that you can just do with anybody and feel good about it being purely transactional so yeah okay all right i am correct let's move on okay so the next topic we're going to talk about is um about the illusion of free will as well so it's about uh you guys know 
animal rights activists, you know, vegan activists, stuff like that. Uh, they say that testing food and drugs on animals is immoral because those animals can't consent to the testing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these activists suggest that the only ethical alternative is if the testing is done on consenting humans. What do you guys think about this? Would that be ethical? <laughs> Plenty of shit is tested on humans. Are they retarded? Or? <laughs> I'm not getting a testing, quote from them or anything. I've come up with this. <laughs> testing on uh, humans is ethical, but testing on animals is not unethical. Not unethical. Like, well, actually, it depends on the testing. Well, like like Brad said, some testing does get done on humans, but surely the... Well, usually it has an animal stage and then a human yeah, stage if it's a fruit. Yeah, but that's... Human the, product, the more yeah. experiment... Like, I guess that's implied, but... The, the stage yeah. that's assuming the most danger, they'd probably do on animals first, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. yeah well, and then the once they feel comfortable on animals, they might move to human testing. But like at that first stage when they're doing it on animals, a lot of these animal rights activists would say, that animal isn't agreeing to do that. So you shouldn't be doing it on the animal. You should be doing it on a human who says, yes, you can do that to me. Here's the you thing. show me an animal that can consent and then... That's their point, Brad. That's their point. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is if we can get an animal that can consent and then it consents, would they shut up? I don't, I don't think that they would. I don't think an animal has the capacity I think that's just to, a con- to consent. I don't think any animal has the capacity to consent. Fuck you, that's Talking their about point. Brad, that's their point. <laughs> that's what they're saying. No, yeah, exactly. And I'm saying, if you'd let me fucking finish, is that's their convenient excuse. Like, okay, so you could get an animal that could, can consent. They're still going to have a bitch about it because uh, you're hurting animals. I don't think they would. Yeah. I don't think they would. It's, I think they'd be okay with it if the animal No, they fucking consented. wouldn't because well, animals don't get hurt now doing stuff and they bitch about if it. If the animal... They, can, it, they, they get upset about sheep getting shorn, right? But if you don't shear a sheep, it actually hurts the sheep. Like, they, they get caught in shit, they rips their fur. Who's upset about sheep being shorn? Fucking Peter. That, was like, that was like a big deal when Pink uh, was getting upset about they, that. They showed this, like, uh, lamb in this guy's hands or whatever and it's covered in blood and they're like, this is what it looks like when you shear a sheep. It's literally just propaganda. It's not okay. It's not even a thing. You, you shear sheep or else they get, they get like, weighed down by the, the, the wool and it becomes an issue for them like commercial sheep like the ones that they use for wool that is true they literally just find any kind of fucking bullshit reason that they can and cling to it and they say well animals can't consent it's like well I'm sorry but I don't want to fucking die for a new paracetamol or something like that and I don't think you should be testing on people unless you test it on something that is person like first here's something I've been preaching for years we are at the top of the food chain (laughs) yes we are the apex predator we can do whatever the fuck Fuck, we want to anything yeah. below us. Can, yes, but should we? Who cares? I think we're pretty good to, like, a large number of animals. Especially the cute ones. Do you think Do you think the fucking uh, orcas think about, you know, whether they should flip seals off icebergs and shit? No, yes, they just they think about it and they think, yes, I'll do that because I'm sadistic and I want to do that. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> we shouldn't get, we shouldn't get our moral guidance from orcas. They are... Sick, <laughs> disgusting animals. They are literally killer whales. Yeah, they are fucking sick. But I would not want to be in the water with one. They scalp people. I, think I we, saw it in a documentary. We, 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 <laughs> we make this joke. Uh, I think we all the time outside the podcast. We we're saying that, like you know, shark attacks. There's victims left over in that, and they say there's never been a recorded orca attack. But I, I think it's because they don't leave victims. Like they take down entire. <laughs> Do I ship loads of people or something? Take out all the witnesses. Yeah, exactly. There is no survivors. Oh, fucking orcas, man. I would not want to be in the water. Fuck that noise. 
<laughs> How do we get onto this? Um, <laughs> all right, so all right, let's uh, let's move past the idea of whether it's ethical to uh, test on animals because I think both you guys said you're, you're okay with it. But mm-hmm. let's say Peter or these uh, animal activists got their way and they stopped testing on animals and all testing was done on humans. My question is, what sort of people would agree to be tested on? Like, if a homeless person takes a few mm-hmm. grand to be tested on could that really be considered Ooh. a free choice i have changed my mind now um i think we could kill two birds with one oh, stone, as they say, <laughs> which is clean up our homeless as well as test new medication oh my god <laughs> well i mean if they the survive podcast, everybody before you send you complaints <laughs> remember the title of the podcast uh, oh my god you knew what you were getting into we do not yeah, exactly <laughs> If they if they survive, they get paid a couple of thousand. They go and go get a, a accommodation. They go gone, homeless gone. If they don't, well, you know. <laughs> but is that is that real consent though? Is what Morgan's asking. Yeah, that's. Oh no, absolutely no. There's uh, it's not real consent. You know, the illusion of free choice again. But <laughs> two birds, one stone. Mm? <laughs> I'm thinking net benefits here. Like you could clean up the streets of California in like a couple of months. Skid Row. Go through Skid Row. Yeah, exactly. I think... Well, or, or I think Vancouver or to, something. To elaborate on what you're saying there, Brad, even if the homeless person survived it and they got a few grand, like, the the easiest way to kill a homeless person is to give them a few grand at a time. Like, they'll just go and buy mm. three grand worth of smack Math. and OD, yeah. right? Well, they, they weren't born homeless, let's put it that way. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> the title of the podcast is... Brad is a bad person. I'm not saying every homeless person is, you know, a drain on society, just most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Wait, I've seen the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith. That was a good homeless person. Every homeless thinking... person is a drain on society, Brad, by definition. They're, they're using up resources and they're contributing nothing back. When I was writing up the notes for this episode, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really interesting episode, and there's nothing too controversial, so (laughs) we're just discussing in the abstract about whether something can be considered a fully informed choice, but no, um, this is (laughs) getting to be... You know what's interesting is, I was speaking to my wife this morning about this episode and what we were talking about. She said that... The in the the lecherous millionaire scenario that the woman does have real free will. She has the option to say yes. She has the option to say no. But the homeless person has no choice but to say yes to the uh, the human testing for money because they're homeless and they need money. Interesting. But yeah, and I I said to her because you guys know we have a fairly new kid in this house. I said, wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't you sleep with an old dude to save his life and she said oh well I'd let him sleep with you for a million dollars we should uh, we should replace you with your wife she sounds like a better guest <laughs> uh, classic <edit. laughs> classic stitcher <laughs> um, okay so I think we've um We've basically sufficiently ripped on homeless people. Yeah, we've basically exhausted um, this topic. But let's let's finish by saying, like, should the governments, like Brad's already answered this, so Brad, just keep quiet and don't dig yourself any deeper mm-hmm. into it. Lachlan, um, uh, do you think the government? I'm going to go grab my shovel. Do you, Lachlan, do you think the government should intervene and say that there's a point where the the risk you're um, you're asking the person to take is too great, and you can't test this on them? Like, if would you be comfortable? 
if a, a, a person, a, a poor person said, the only way I'm going to be able to afford rent or food or something is to go in to do this testing. And they've said, you know, you could lose feeling in a leg or you could have chronic back pain for the rest of your life. Like, and they agree to it. Are you happy to let them take that risk? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you I, knew I his answer was going to be yes. I don't think there's anything... Like I said before, the, there's, the government has no place in uh, private contracts. Yeah. It's an imperfect system. You have to either apply it evenly or don't apply it. Correct. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know how I feel about... Like, I I think if if... We could probably just keep the system we have where we test on animals now, but I just I, I'm not really comfortable with the idea that somebody who's poor and the destitute. homeless guy agreeing to be to have new chemicals tested on him. This isn't the first bad decision he's made in his life. All right, he he's homeless. This yeah. is the probably the last in a string of bad decisions. I guess that's well, the, I mean, other, Morgan, the other. Yeah, end to of counter this... your point is that he, the alternative is what he doesn't do it and he dies anyway. So yeah, well, I guess the other end of it is that if he if he doesn't do this to get money mm-hmm. for it, then he's going to have to get the money some other way, which you know yeah. could be theft or doing something else. You know, doing something immoral. immoral. So. Um, yeah. it's a tricky situation. I think we should have a lot of, um, empathy for the, uh, homeless people because I think a lot of them have severe, um, you know, mental health issues and making fun of them. <laughs> it's probably not going to help them out too much. I'm the good person of the show. Let's, Why are you uh, laughing? <laughs> I can just imagine what Brad's going to say. So. <laughs> Alright, so, um, two birds, one stone. That's my opinion. Anyway. Nice opinion, Brad. Good idea. Um, mm. Alright, let's move it on to the next topic. Yep. And this one will be a bit of fun. Um, so, this we're going back to our mate Joel Feinberg, who, who uh, came up with another thought experiment in the second volume of The Moral Limits of Criminal Law. Um, and he asks you to imagine that you are a passenger on a bus and you're rushing to an important appointment. And you're confronted by a series of acts that don't physically harm you, but you find them deeply offensive. So, for example, some guy is cutting his toenails, then someone else starts playing awful music really loudly, uh, two people start having sex, some homeless guy starts jacking off, or, you know, whatever. Someone starts burning well, a flag. On, on the same bus? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a series, so one after the other. Um, someone oh, starts what? burning a flag. You know, someone eats something. Someone eats something so that smells so bad that you think you're going to puke. Stuff like that. So, yep. uh, how would you deal with these people on the bus, Bradley? I would tell them to stop. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, uh, like, I as someone who used public transport for a lot longer than uh, than you guys did, this kind of shit does happen on public transport, <laughs> and I have told people to, especially to play music loudly. Oh, it fucking does your head in. It's like I don't want to hear your shit. I just want to sit on the bus in silence. Um, just fuck off. <laughs> but yeah, I've told people to shut up, and they usually get indignant about it. Like, oh, it's, it's a public area; I can do what I want. It's like, no, you can't, asshole. Be respectful. Well, yeah. I mean, technically they can, but you know, they sh- they shouldn't. So yeah, that, uh, I just tell people to fucking stop. Like, it's, that's what I was thinking. I mean, like, what they, I, they can yeah. do it, but the yeah. the idea is that you, if they have respect for other people, they shouldn't do. It. Yeah, exactly. And look, I, like I said, I have told people to stop it before, and they usually get indignant and they say, "Oh, I can do what I fucking want." Or some people go, "Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll turn it down." But, <laughs> Yeah, very few. Most of them just get indignant that they're they're kind of assholes, but whatever. If you're the, you'd if have you're to the be kind of an person who's going to be playing loud yeah. music on a bus, like you're the kind of person who's going to get upset when someone asks you to stop. You don't realize that you're 
But yeah, they Absolutely. don't realize or you don't care that you're yeah, upsetting other they people. They usually don't care. Yeah, I think some people also don't think you can like hear it. They're just that retarded. But I think self, yeah, they they just don't have that self awareness. Um, Lachlan, mm. what would you do if if um, you were confronted by this series of unfortunate events? Uh look, I'm kind of a coward, so probably nothing. <laughs> uh, if if I like quietly start whacking it like under my jacket with the people having sex, is that okay? Or am I just <laughs> no. contributing to the problem then? No, you're definitely you contributing. Would Brad come and tell bus. me to stop? Yes. <laughs> Not the people having sex. Just right, I I I think you're probably trying to get to should these sort of things be allowed or not? Uh, uh, well, yes, I am. So the okay. second question is that like. Given that these things are intolerable, like intolerable, we've decided that we don't want to put up with them. Is it the government's job to make sure they don't happen, or is it up to you to make the environment more tolerable? Is it up to the individual or the government? The bus is a privately owned vehicle. Well, should be, but they're not always. Yeah, they I don't are. think I don't think buses in Melbourne. I think well, they might be privately owned, but they're they are privately owned, publicly government funded, contracted, privately owned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they can set whatever rules they want on the bus so yeah, they should us. yeah baby they should set a rule no homeless dudes whacking off but who who enforces <laughs> that like does the bus driver have to pull over or do you need a separate yes. person on the bus the bus well that company no, can well. decide how they address it probably the bus driver it doesn't make sense to have a security guard just to stop homeless dudes whacking off okay like, sure, it doesn't happen that often i think but the point of this it shouldn't be it shouldn't be illegal i think the point of this no, was but... for it to be in a public space oh. so let's let's get rid of the the privately owned bus company then Lachlan and let's say it was okay. done on a street corner or something or what about like a train station here that? well that's private so Lachlan could still make no that. that's public well they're usually public but they should be yeah private. like Spencer Street Station or something like that that's a public that's a public space it is but it doesn't have to be so it's something that has to be a public space is like a, a street for example okay so, um, for? okay a street then I was just I thought that thanks for trying to help though Brad I appreciate it <laughs> The okay, so the nail clipping, the music, the food, um, they there's nothing like there's no law yeah. that should stop them. That's like it sucks, but you can do what you want in a public place. Decency police is there, yeah. Um, the people having sex and the dude whacking off, like kids could see that, you know, it's so? it's well, it, I don't know what the exact term is, but I know that you can't have sex in front of small children. You can't, like or you allowed. shouldn't be able to. I thought that was exclusively what you did with old Harry, man. You, you wheel him into the room, and you're like, watch this. Oh, crap. Jesus Christ, man. Don't you forget this. I know that it's I illegal now, you. and it should remain illegal, because that's not right to do that. Like, that's got to be, that's got to be child abuse, surely. Ah, oh, man, every time I see a video of, like, people banging in public, I just laugh. It's stupid. It is. It's not offensive. Well, yeah, it's is just, there, like... It is offensive, obviously. <laughs> what? Is there kids watching? Well, it's usually on, like, a train or something, and there's, like, two drunk Where people... Where the fuck are you like... watching these videos? Fred <laughs> spends a lot of time I on live. Them, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, you just see, like, videos get posted every now and then. It's usually, like, drunk people who couldn't wait to get home or something and well, then you start banging not on the subway. to be doing that in front of kids. Alright, I think we're getting a bit off topic. I didn't mean for the public sex to be the, the number one thing we talk about, but okay. um, Brad, you said something interesting before that you... Um, yeah. You, when you have a problem with something that happened on a bus, you would go up to the person and tell them to stop. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I think, you know, that's that's fine for us, big guys like us. But what if there's some small old woman and she doesn't feel comfortable for you. Conf- <laughs> confronting a group of teenage like teenage kids playing music on their phone? Like you don't have mm. to put up with it because you're not worried about getting attacked or, you know. No, I'm still worried someone's going to hit me, but... This is why concealed carry should be legal in Australia. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> the, so, the old lady I, I get the, the fucking... Yeah, the old, pedi- the old lady just, uh, you know, shows her piece. <laughs> she pulls let's, out a forty-four Magnum and she's know, dirty Let them know that she's packing. And yeah. they turn the music down straight away. Yeah, the great equaliser. No, look, I go. I get. I get the point that you're uh, you're driving at there. Is yes, yeah. Little old ladies not going to tell you know boisterous teens or early twenty guys, like early twenties guys, like hey, turn the music down because there's you know they'll intimidate her or something like that. I get what you're saying. I, I think that that with that's where you know in a public area, say an old lady says to someone, oh, stop having sex or something, and then the guy's like, fuck you, old lady, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. That's where everyone else in the public area would go, hey, you're crossing the line here. That again, it comes down to decency. I don't think the police need to be uh, in charge of yeah. that My, kind of the, stuff. <laughs> the thing I was thinking about for this part is that if if your society, if your country or your city is mm. at the point where these laws seem necessary, then you should probably move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you have bigger problems. <laughs> like if if yeah, if the social contract and human decency is mm. uh, so low that people are doing stuff like this, then you you should move out of the city. Like you shouldn't be living in that sort of place. So, yeah, um, that's a, it's to be fair. I think we're fast approaching that sort of area. Like when you see people getting attacked and everyone just walking past and not even giving a shit like that. That kind of shit drives me insane. Like, uh, or like a police suspect, like police trying to. Uh, you know, take down a suspect or something, and they're clearly having issues uh, detaining a guy, you know, it could be a life-threatening situation, and there's people walking within, you know, 10, 15 metres, and they just don't give a shit. The police definitely don't want civilians getting involved. Yeah, they... No, absolutely, they do. No, No, they don't. They definitely don't, and also, like, Brad, you're just just walking up on that situation, and you haven't, you don't have any context for Mm -hmm. it, like, why would you assume... Always side with the police? The police are gonna fucking shoot you if you get involved in that, Brad. No, you don't just run over there and just, like, Dive on the police car or something like that. You, you, as you're coming over, you're like, you need help or something like that. The cop will tell gonna, you yes or no. No, they're gonna say, get the fuck out of here. They're gonna say, yeah, I can literally show you about 50 away. videos on the internet where the police officer is actually asking for help or something like that. Please don't. Uh, Please they, don't. Oh, I will. I will show you. We'll link them in the fucking blog. Because right. I. I <laughs> they they actually appreciate people helping them out when they're in a situation. I doubt like that, that very much. And if if that's true, those are very ir- very irresponsible police officers. <laughs> How are they irresponsible? Because they're getting civilians involved in potentially life threatening situations. Yeah. yeah, to help control someone who, who's nah, threatening them. No, nah, that is ridiculous, uh, right, Brad. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, so a police officer who's stuck in a struggle with someone doesn't want someone to help them. They want other police to help them. Their job is uh, to yeah, protect the public. And another police back. officer isn't Their there. job is to protect the public. You don't protect someone by dragging them into the dangerous situation. No, you protect yourself, though. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, you I... don't protect yourself. Your duty is to the public. All right, it'll be in the blog, though. It's all right. Everyone can see how wrong you are. All right, well, let's finish this up with a little... Uh, anecdote of mine and um, <laughs> one time I was on a uh, train from Geelong to Melbourne and I was listening to um, music with earphones in because I'm polite um, or just not a jerk I guess is better to say that. 
um, some lady in front of me turned around and she gave me like this really filthy look and she asked me to turn down my music. Like I didn't hear what she said. So I took my earphones out and I was like, what did she say? And she said, your music is too loud. Can you please turn it down? And I, <laughs> I could hear music coming from somewhere else, but it wasn't from my phone. So I said to her, like, I'm using earphones. It's not me. And she said, she actually said to me, can you find out who it is and tell them to turn it down then? And then she, <laughs> I was like, uh, lady, I... How hard did you tell her to fuck Oh, up? well, you know, this this is the point that I... <laughs> I said, lady, I can't hear it and it's not bothering me. So if you have a problem, you should go investigate. And I put my earphones back in. And I was very proud of myself for keeping calm because I did really want to tell her to fuck off because I was really annoyed at her. Like, she gave me a dirty look mm-hmm. and accused me of something. Like, that's bad enough. But then she didn't apologize and say, like, oh, I made a mistake. And she actually just gives me a task and somehow I'm <laughs> responsible for her feeling of comfort. What kind of person does that? What did she say after when you told her to investigate? I just put the earphones back in and she just kind of turned around. She didn't, she didn't go looking or anything like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't that offensive. Then, I still can't decide if she actually thought it was my earphones or if she just thought, like, oh, I'm going to sucker this guy into dealing with my problems for me. You should have taken the headphones out after and just listened to the music. <laughs> I should have added to it. Just Yeah, just outfit her. <laughs> <laughs> Should have added to that. Just stared at her the entire time you did it as yeah. well. But I, I do feel a pain though, because I fucking hate it when kids mm. play music straight out oh, of their phone speaker. So fucking it's, annoying. It's so disrespectful and so... No one wants to hear your shit fucking It's music. never good If you're listening right now, <laughs> and you're someone who plays music in public off their phone, If you're listening kill to yourself. this podcast on your phone speaker in public... <laughs> oh, please To kill the yourself. public around you, we apologise. And to the person playing this, go, go walk into traffic, please. To the public yeah. around you, uh, you're welcome. I'm them. glad you're enjoying it. And to the person, <laughs> thank you for yeah, promoting our Brad podcast. Brad is a bad person. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. <laughs> thank you for promoting our podcast. Uh, you should play this podcast loud from your phone speaker, but no other audio loud from your phone speaker. <laughs> Um, yeah, I should also mention that I, um, I, I had an experience that was the complete opposite of this when I went to, um, South Korea, I was just traveling there and on the Metro in Seoul, it it was a dream. Like everybody was very polite and would offer seats to older people all the time. They would always offer their seat to an older person and no one made any noise. Like if two people were speaking, they would speak very softly. And it was like, it was like those trains that have the quiet carriage, but every carriage was yeah. a quiet carriage. Like no one was talking on their phone. One time I heard a guy mm-hmm. answer his phone, like his phone rang and he quickly answered it and said something and then hung up. So presumably like, Oh, I can't talk now. I'm sorry. And then he just had like the most guilty look on his face. He went all red. He was so embarrassed. And I was like, yeah, yeah this is really nuts. <laughs> this is heaven. Hmm. From what I understand it, like it's the same thing in Japan as well. And it is like, why would you assume that? Even air- <laughs> well, cause <laughs> no, I think no, it is. Yeah, seen it I think it is. Yeah, and it's no, no, no. I've just seen like again. I've seen stuff on you know YouTube and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I've never been there, but from what I understand, it's <laughs> why is that super obvious? offensive from the way he's speaking about it? Because you guys know that I've never been to Japan. <laughs> the audience doesn't know that. The people on the street listening to this out of someone's oh, phone. Just interrupt <laughs> what I'm trying to say four fucking you times to make no. You point. always pick the most annoying little thing to go. Remember that time I said that 94 <laughs> percent of car accidents were human error and. You gave me like a two-minute speech about how that number seems high, but it's really the only thing that could be. I was just giving you my opinion. I wasn't nitpicking. Alright, Brad. Obviously, you haven't been to Japan. What else? What else are you saying? Uh, I don't worry about it. Just go. Ahead. Just keep move on. <laughs> okay. Move on. Just roll. 
Yeah. Um, this is going to be a nightmare to edit. <laughs> um, okay, well, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Uh, Morby's... Uh... <laughs> it's what? Morby's Moogie Review, eh? <laughs> you fucking idiot. You have one job. I have lots of jobs. You have literally zero jobs, man. Your job is to show up and give your opinion, yeah. no matter how bad or offensive it is. And it's always bad, and it's always yeah. offensive, so... <laughs> Yeah, and it always gets jobs. interrupted, and then when I try to do it, I get fucking interrupted four fucking times in the same fucking sentence. Go ahead, do your movie review. Morgie's movie. I've been waiting for it all week. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie, it's a little bit... Um, yeah, it wasn't a big movie. Okay, so this week I watched um, Steel... How do you define big? <sighs> How's that feel, <laughs> motherfucker? Uh, thanks, Brett. This this week I watched yeah. Stealing Harvard, made in 2002, and it's a pretty good movie if you like Tom Green, or it's a really crappy movie if you don't like Tom Green. So, more on that later. <laughs> the plot revolves around John, played by Jason Lee, turning to crime to help his uh, niece pay her tuition fees at Harvard. He enlists the help of his wacky friend Duff, played by the quintessentially wacky Tom Green. So, Tom Green, <laughs> for those who don't know was the Rob Schneider of the 1990s and early 2000s. <laughs> That's a perfect description. <laughs> I mean that in the sense that they both popped up in a bunch of comedy movies, despite being universally hated by critics and polarizing moviegoers. Now, another thing Tom Green has in common with Rob Schneider is that I personally think he is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Tom Green isn't the only star of the movie, however. Megan Mullally is great as uh, John's, quote, sexually indiscriminate trailer trash sister and uh john c mcginley does an amazing job of playing his character from scrubs if he were a detective uh but despite these stellar comedic performances stealing harvard is not correct it is poorly written and almost all of the jokes that don't involve tom green fall flat if you don't like tom green then almost all of the jokes fall flat especially those involving tom green the two scenes in the movie, the two best scenes in the movie pit Tom Green and Leslie Mann against each other, with Jason Lee as the reluctant mediator. Therefore, a movie about Duff falling on hard times and having to stay with the happy couple would have been pure, pure gold. But Stealing Harvard is not pure gold. It's partially gold, but it's also partially a turd. So it's a gilded turd, but there is enough gold to get a 6 out of 10 from Morgan's movie review. <laughs> Uh, just for the audience, can you please explain how that relates to our current topic? Uh, well, I should have said, it's the lead-in for the next one. Okay. So the next topic is also about, um, uh, seemingly justified theft when somebody has to, uh, turn to, (laughs) turn to stealing to... Uh, do the right thing. But I didn't really talk about what was going on in that movie in terms of the, the morals, but I, I was a bit annoyed that they kept talking about like, oh, if we steal this money, it's just the insurance company's going to pay for it. There's no victim or anything like that. So, um, but you know, Morgan's review review is not, uh, <laughs> not perfect. <laughs> it's not a, that place. was the, that was the Tom Green of Morgan's movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Highly in that, it was awful. <laughs> 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 I think it was a Tom Green movie, Morgan's movie reviews, in that, you know, if you really think about it, and if you... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's definitely high, holy, uh, holy, uh, fucking highly polarizing. <laughs> I fucking, uh, I have caught your word AIDS, and it is fucking terminal. Uh... <laughs> okay, so that leads into, um... 
what is called the Heinz Dilemma. So here's another situation with a seemingly unacceptable alternative. So listen carefully, Brad. A woman was on her deathbed and there was one drug that the doctors thought might save her. It was a form of radium that the druggist in the same town had recently discovered. Let's call this druggist Martin. Now, the drug was expensive to make, but Martin was charging 10 times what the drug cost him to produce. He paid $200 for the radium and charged $2,000 for a small dose. The sick woman's husband, Heinz, went to everyone he knew to borrow the money, but he could only get together about $1,000. He told the druggist, Martin, that his wife was dying and he needed to uh, buy it cheaper or let him pay later. But Martin replied, no, I discovered the drug and I'm going to make money from it. So Heinz got desperate and broke into the man's laboratory to steal the drug from for his wife. So, Brad, the question is, should Heinz have broken into the laboratory to steal the drug for his wife? Hmm. Um, I guess this is one of those situations I was talking about earlier, like kids, wife, whatever. Um, for your family, you would, you know, you would do it. There's nothing you wouldn't do within your power. Uh, I don't think you can hold it against him, personally. I, I don't think it's the right thing to do, but when you're pushed to that sort of point in your life, uh, I, yeah, I can't hold it against the guy. I'd probably do the same. So, you... If there was purely, if it was money that was purely holding me back from potentially saving someone's life, it seems arbitrary. So, you think he to, was justified in doing it? Yeah. He's also justified in going to jail if he gets caught as well. So Interesting. Yeah. So... That's, that's just my... Yeah, that's how I so he sh- he should steal it, but he should accept the punishment for stealing it. Yes, correct. Yeah. Hmm, very interesting. Okay, well, Brad, so you always accuse me of uh, leading you into a trap, and that was a trap. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> perfect. There was a guy called uh, Lawrence Kohlberg who came up with a scale about moral reasoning. He called it uh, Kohlberg's stages of moral development. And he based it off um, Piaget's stages of cognitive development, which you probably remember from Mm -hmm. your two-thirds of a psychology degree. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Uh, So this Heinz dilemma that we just asked you, uh, that's often used as a diagnostic tool for placing someone Mm -hmm. on the scale. So it doesn't actually matter whether you think he should or shouldn't steal the drug, but what does matter is the reasoning that you give. So there are six stages. Uh, we'll yeah. go through the stages. We'll then we'll decide where you are at based on your answer, and then finally we'll. Uh, that explains what Lachlan was doing in the background while I was talking. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, then we'll decide. Uh, yeah, we'll decide where you are based on your answer, and then finally we'll could take the scale. So don't feel too bad. Maybe it's a bad scale, and we can talk about whether it's good or bad. So. Just between you and me, I think I'm going to be at number six on the scale. <laughs> Being the worst of that. I have no fucking idea. Because <laughs> I don't know what the scale is, but Lachlan was flashing six at me the whole fucking oh, time. Oh, Lachlan, you, he's definitely not a six. I'll fix that. All right, so first... <laughs> he changed... He, he, he adjusted his answer halfway through. Yeah. Um, okay, so there are six stages. The first two stages are called the pre-conventional stages. Stage one is like a reward-punishment conditioning, like a fucking dog, you know, Go on, think for yourself already. Um, that's stage one. Stage two is all about selfishness. Like, what's in it for me? You know, I'll only do something for you if you do something in return for me. Like, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. So that's pre-conventional. Then mm-hmm. stage three and four is conventional. Stage three is conformity. It's based on social standards and expectations. So it's wanting to be seen as a good boy or a good girl, you know, something like that. And stage four mm-hmm. is law and order. So it's obedience to authority understanding why we have laws and respecting those laws and following those laws. Then um, we have post-conventional. So stage five of that is 
the social contract. So it's saying laws are social contracts rather than rigid edicts. And if they aren't serving their purpose, which is the general welfare of society, then they should be changed. So this Mm -hmm. is about respecting the opinions and values of other people and accepting majority decisions. And then stage six, according to Kohlberg, is the universal ethics stage. So this requires abstract reasoning and it's having a conception of the good and using that conception to judge actions. So following laws that are grounded in justice, but you also have the moral duty to disobey rules that are unjust. And so you're doing what is right because it is right. Okay. Where do you think you are, Brent? Uh, I would say somewhere between four, five, or six. I'm not 100% sure which one you All right, would so say that. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase your answer here, Brad, and you see if you agree with it. Your answer mm-hmm. was he should steal it because it's important to save his wife, obviously, but he should also mm-hmm. accept whatever punishment. Yeah, if he's caught, he should Yeah, he should take whatever punishment that comes If in. he's caught or just in general, like he should turn himself in? Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, look, he should probably turn himself in. Okay. Um, so, Lachlan, what stage would you place Brad? I have a pretty good idea. Brad is a stage four. Yeah, I was thinking stage four. Law and order. And what would you guys say? Where where would you put yourself? Oh, well, I would put myself at a stage six. I'm constantly operating at a stage six. I think I was born into stage six, actually. And, (laughs) uh, you know, everything is Uh. a six for me. Uh, my my reasoning for placing myself at stage six is that laws are not just simply because they are laws. Well, is that? Yeah. Well, I'm just talking about this specific law, though. Like, I wouldn't. I don't agree with every law, and I, I'm all for civil disobedience in <laughs> stupid matters, like turning signals at a fucking set of lights when there's no one there, and it's the the other light is green. Well, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Brad, Brad does raise a good point. Um, now that I think about it more, I'd probably put myself at a stage four in this specific situation, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, as a general rule, I would yeah. say uh, stage six applies more widely to, to life. Yeah, so Kohlberg was actually pretty pessimistic about this scale, and he said most people don't ever make it to, in his opinion anyway, most people don't make it to post-conventional, and a lot of people don't operate at the same stage at all times. So you could, in certain instances, you could be operating at stage four, and then certain you could be at stage five. So, um, yeah, I think in certain situations, your reasoning may sound like a stage four, even though you're a stage five person or something. So Yeah, because stealing is wrong. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, the guy should definitely steal the drug for his wife, but he should also mm. cop the punishment because yeah. he's broken a law that is fair. And to be fair, you'd probably be okay with going to prison if it saved your wife. Like yeah. you, would, you would take that trait. True. Well, yeah. So the as Lachlan said, the, the law is a just law. You can't steal something. Yeah. You can't take something that doesn't belong to you unless that you know you do it in a trade that both parties agree to. Um, so it is a just law in that sense. But um, yeah, when, when there's a life on the line, the you kind of have to say the the worst scenario is if the person dies. So this is a good law, and we do need to have this law as a society. But I'm going to choose to break it in this instance because there is something more important at stake, and then. If you're, I think if you're a good, a good person, then you would say, yeah. I'm going to pay this money back with interest. Yeah. I guess. It's not like you're breaking into your neighbor's house and stealing their 60 inch flat screen because you've got a game on Saturday. <laughs> like there's a game on Saturday. It's like, I have to see the game in 60 inches. It's like, no, there's a, there's a person's life and that's why you're choosing to, to do this. I, I yeah, again, it is a good law. You're right. You're spot on. Yeah. I guess the other, the other issue is that mm. this 
presumably this drug could be in short supply and maybe someone else needs it and they did have the money and they were going to pay but they end up dying because Heinz, uh, our fellow Heinz, just oh. goes and steals it because he thinks he's entitled yeah. to it. What a jerk. Interesting. <laughs> Didn't think of it that way, but they uh, should have stole it first. Then. And uh, we'll send a Brad is a Bad Person mug to whoever can correctly identify who the druggist in that story is named after. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah let's do that. I, yeah, I was hoping Brad would pick up on it, but... Uh, yeah, me too. I was very disappointed that he didn't. I, I have picked up on it, guys. I just haven't commented. But you didn't say it. Okay, uh, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say Brad was operating at a stage four when he gave his answer to this, which is a perfectly fine stage, by the way, Brad. I don't think you should be embarrassed that you're, uh, you know, two stages uh, from me or anything. Um, oh, look at you getting all high and mighty, Mr. Stage Six. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. You're right. uh, you're lawful good. Morgs, you're more uh, I don't know chaotic neutral good, good I guess. Yeah. Chaotic neutral. How about cunt? But <laughs> <laughs> but continue. Thanks, Brad. As I said before, uh, Lawrence Kohlberg based this scale on Piaget's stages of development, believing that moral development could also be used to, uh, you know, could also be modeled by this progression through stages. So there are six stages, and each stage is supposed to be a higher order of reasoning, and a person can't skip a stage, and it's assumed that someone can't regress. So if they're operating at a stage five, they can't go back to an earlier stage. So let's evaluate it. What do you guys think of this scale? Uh, I think that they're wrong in their assumption that you can't go backwards. I think it, like uh, old mate said himself, that he thinks that people operate at different stages. Right, I, I probably should elaborate that. It's not that he's he's not saying that you if you start operating at stage five, then every decision you make is a stage five decision. It's more like hmm. that. It's kind of like a video game. Like you unlock the next stage, and you can you can't ever lose access to stage five once you hit it. It's probably a better way to say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like you. That makes more sense. It, anyway. It's like he's saying like your mind has to be. Uh, it's a higher order order of thinking so your mind has to be open to that stage where you start seeing things in that way mm. and when you start I get a fam what? you gotta be woke as well <laughs> well when you start <laughs> seeing things in that way you can't you know stop yourself from seeing things in those ways it's like uh, when something's yeah. pointed out to you, you didn't realize it before, but now you can't not realize it. Yeah. Like the light switch in Fight Club. Fuck that does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All no, those little yeah. things. I get it. Okay. Or oh, the yeah. wire and curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Lachlan, what do you think? Do you think uh, it's a good scale? Uh, You've had a little more time to study it than uh, Brad has. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint why, but it just rubs me the wrong way. Think I don't he's know. I guess talking I'm, about something I, I so abstract as morality, and he's trying to put it in a six-point scale. Like done, that's I, it. I, basically, basically, that's the thing. You, I don't like that it's trying to categorize every single possible rationality that a human could have for making a decision. Yeah, and it's, it's bit, it need, uh, I mean, it's still a scale, but it needs to be way more analog than that. Well, I like it. More fluid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It seems uh, it seems small. Well, I like six points. Well, I like this scale because I think the first. Well, I, I at least like the first four stages. I think they're correct. I think when someone is a very young child, they're not in the position where they can um, reason properly. So it's all about reward and punishment. Like if I do this, something good happens. If I do that, something bad happens. It's like positive and negative reinforcement. It's conditioning. That makes sense. And then as they're getting a bit older, it's it's all about selfishness. Like oh, I want what's best for me. Like, you know, young children are selfish. And, you know, they have to be. That's how they survive. Like, they need to call for attention when they need help doing stuff. So, it's it makes sense that they're selfish. 
But then stage three and four make sense as well. Like the next stage is conformity. It's like, oh, everyone else is doing this, so I better do that too. It's trying to fit in, which everybody has to go through that stage where they, you know, socialize themselves and they, they're accepted by society. So that makes sense. And then stage four, which is where a lot of people apparently um, finish, according to Kohlberg. Uh, stage four is like the law and order. It's like w- the reason we have laws in society is because somebody realized that that was a good thing to have and it's a good rule to follow. So I'm going to respect those laws and I'm going to obey authority. So I think that that first four stages, at least, is like a really good... It makes sense to me anyway. A really good progression of how a, ch- a child's moral reasoning develops. Okay. It needs well, a stage well. seven, which would be some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> I think that's stage negative one, luckily. Yeah. What's the the stage where you dye your hair black and grow a side fringe and you're an awkward emo fuck? Is that like somewhere between three and four? I think so, yeah. I think it would be, actually. Or <laughs> well, maybe between two and three, actually, because you're saying, like, you're not going to... Oh, you're not conforming. Yeah, you're refusing okay. to conform. Yeah. But yeah, like, there is a there is an interesting progression of how yeah. kids grow up, and obviously we didn't realize it when we were going through it, but everybody kind of has ah. that, that you you start mm. off as a, a you know, individual, because you don't realize... You, you know, you think you're the only person in the world that has a, a functioning mind. You don't really realize what else is going on. And then as you get older, you realize you have to fit in with the rest of society So, um, because there's no fun being alone. But then when you're a teenager again, you think, oh, I don't want to be like everyone else. I'm not a sheep. And then you try to express yourself and be an individual. But obviously that always fails. And you end up copying somebody else who is, you know, <laughs> there's always an awkward progression you go through. Do you um, think the reason you like this scale so much, Morgs, is because you're a robot and it helps you understand the human condition better? <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> I was just thinking It that. computes. I've had a lot of uh, inputs from... It fits my algorithms. I've had a lot of inputs from this 3D world and these uh, <laughs> seems to match these inputs pretty well. <laughs> By the way, for our robot, he eats a lot of hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> That's how I run. <laughs> Just like an astronomical amount of hard-boiled eggs. Way too many eggs. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, look, I don't, I don't really, I don't know that much about the scale, but it yeah, does it, seem to be to... fair, you haven't had time to study it like look, I don't yeah. know how. No, but the way you explained it, the first four stages do make a lot of sense, and I, I think that I just don't like the way that he sort of says no one get like a lot of people don't get beyond the four because I think a lot of people operate um, somewhere between five and six most of the time, mm. and then drop back to four uh, in like really. I disagree. I think a lot of people operate at stage two Hang most on. of their time, most of their. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, yeah, um, I think a lot of people operate at um, the selfishness stage, like Lachlan was saying, and then a lot of people operate at stage three, like conformity, that they just want to fit in, and everybody else is doing it, so I'll just do it as well, and a lot of people operate at stage four, but I'm not, you know, I, I was joking around before, obviously, I'm a stage six, but I, I don't always operate at stage six, there's sometimes yeah. where I'm just being selfish, or there's sometimes where I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll just go along with it, um, being a conformist, a dirty conformist. And there are other times where I'm like, uh, I shouldn't really have to follow this rule because it doesn't really make sense, but it's just easier to mm. follow it. So I just go along with stage four. So 
Um, yeah. But I also think a lot of people like have a strong sense of justice and they're like, I don't think that this rule is just or whatever. I'm going to break it for what I think is a morally good reason. Um, and I think pretty much everyone does that at some point. They get indignant and they're like, ah, this, this rule is stupid. Uh, I'm doing the right thing. Regardless of whether they are or not, wouldn't that still be operating at stage six? I disagree. I think the people that are doing that are operating at a stage two. This rule is stupid because it doesn't benefit me. Well, how's that different from rule six? No, because they're saying, I don't think this rule is just. Are they? Or are they saying, I don't think this rule... It's a hypothetical. They could be either. (laughs) I think Brad's hypothetical there at the highest Well, Brad's saying a lot of people. I'm saying a lot of people don't think about it like that. I think in their life at some stage. I'm very cynical. I think most people do things just for themselves. They might not be as eloquent as, you know, you or I, but I'm just saying a lot of people think that... (laughs) Well, that was half correct. (laughs) But all I'm saying is that I think some people, well, a lot of, most people at some stage in their life go, I don't think this rule is just, um, I think that I'm doing something that's morally good, but I have to break this rule to do it. I think you're giving these people way too much credit. These people? What are you trying to say, motherfucker? (laughs) The public. I think you're not giving them enough credit, like I think you've got a very pessimistic view. We'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, we will. Okay, so my my major critique comes after stage four, where I think stage five and six aren't distinguished as, like, they're not as clearly defined as the other four stages, obviously. And that makes sense, because they're mm-hmm. more, you know, abstract in their in their um, description. But it, it do just doesn't seem... Afterthought? Do you think <laughs> Do you think it's Kohlberg like four had, is not enough. He'd planned, like, a, a seminar where he was going to introduce these six stages? He'd only come <laughs> up with four until the night before, and he's like, fuck, I need two more! <laughs> I reckon he came up with five. And he was he was telling it to everyone, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I agree." And he was getting everybody to agree that they were at a stage five. That was his goal: go around, everybody agrees. Yeah, yeah. There's five stages, and I'm at stage five. And then, boom, he releases it. Six stages. He's the only one at stage six. Everyone else has already agreed to stage five. <laughs> he's like, "Eat this, plebeians!" Fucking boom. He's the wokest. He is. He is that that meme with the fucking brain and all the lights and stage six motherfucker. All right. Yeah, I think that's probably a good time to end it. I hear some uh, boys <laughs> calling my name, so I gotta rush off. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, guys, <laughs> to this extra special episode. Of oh Brad's my god! So many eggs. So many uh, eggs. I recommend to see Just... your friends. Don't forget to check us out on uh, Facebook at Brad is a bad person. Twitter at Brad's a bad person. Uh, uh, look us up on SoundCloud and check out the blog. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Morgan puts a lot of work into that. 